Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, it's Tara with the Mom Manual. I am so excited today to bring you our a very special guest, Danielle Byer Jackson. She is a mom to a three-year-old and pregnant with another little one on the way. She is a certified friendship coach. And today she is going to talk to us about how to make friendships more meaningful. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is a this is going to be a good conversation. I can feel it. I can feel it. I am so excited. A okay. I need more friends. I need to be a better friend. Can you tell everybody what what you do? What does it mean to be a certified friendship coach? Yeah, you know, I'm still getting used to the eyebrow lift people give when they ask me what I do, and they're kind of thinking, get a real job, sweetie. But you know what? I actually kind of fell into this. I was a high school teacher for six years, and so I heard all the drama between classes and after school from my teenage students, and then I got into public relations, and I thought, oh, surely I'm a drama behind. But then I was dealing with adult women, and they would share with me some of their issues, and I thought, oh, this is an issue just kind of in every stage of womanhood. How do I navigate friendships? And so I personally became very obsessive about it and looking at all the research and sociologically and biologically. And so I already had the background in education, um, but then I went and got certified to coach and chose to specialize in friendship. And so a lot of it is my my own research and things like that. But what that means is if a woman's struggling with a particular area of her friendship, she can call me up, we can work together. And um, so far, it's been a really, really fun journey. That sounds amazing. So what does it mean? Like what goes into a certification for this? Well, I always tell people you have to pick the program that's that's right for you because sometimes people are like, how in the world? I'm like, I didn't go to Friendship Coach University. You know, it's not like okay. a, a thing. You know, you would go and you would find whatever program works for you to earn a certification in general life coaching, just generally. And then you would figure out, okay, where do you want to specialize? And for me, a lot of the information that I, I have and the training I already have from being an educator. And so it was just important to me to add that certification on. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is your personal study and staying on top of What's the latest, you know, research about friendship? Because especially since the pandemic, things have changed. And so on a daily basis, I research and I interview and I read to stay relevant and to stay uh, productive for the women that I work with. Yeah. For everybody, it's really important to have important friendships, to have meaningful, fulfilling friendships. But I think for moms, especially because, you know, we're, we're doing hard work and sometimes it can feel very lonesome and we really do need our friends, but how do we do that? And so, you know, uh, the first thing to keep in mind when it comes to how to make your friendships more meaningful is to first try to get past mom guilt, because I don't know if we all acknowledge that up front, but for many of us, spending time with friends and being intentional about making friends feels like it's not as top priority as everything else. And so we kind of push it to the wayside and we push it to the margins of our lives, but there's too much research that shows how important uh, friendship is to your mental, emotional, and physical health. It really is. And so you can't really be totally great and present and charged up for, you know, your children if that's all you have what about you what about your social connections and and your support network and so the first thing is to find a way to figure out and surface 
why do I feel bad about stepping away or taking that extended phone call or going out to brunch? Why do I feel bad and find a way to kind of combat that and remind yourself that it's super essential to, to being a good mom? I can relate to that so much, especially with starting um, a small business. Um, You know, I, before I had a pretty typical nine to five job. And, you know, when I came home, I would have, I'd be home by five and I'd have my undivided attention with my kids for the rest of the night. And after launching Dreamland Baby, as when I first started, it was just me. So my mind was always on the business 24 seven and there was always something to do. So it was like, if I could just sneak off and get a few more minutes. And so I did feel like if I had one evening off and I wanted to go out with girlfriends for dinner or something like that, I did feel really, really guilty. Like, no, I should be home with my kids or spending time with my husband, um, just more focusing on my family. But I totally agree. Like you get something very different from your girlfriends and having that connection versus being a mom. But I, you know, I don't, I don't think I've overcome that yet, but I'd love to hear how I'm sure that's very common. How, what are there strategies to overcome that? Or is it more just identifying it and realizing it? I think it's a couple things. One is leaning into, you know, for those of us who are for fact-based and number-based, you know, research tells us that, you know, when women come together, when they're stressed, we literally produce oxytocin, which decreases our stress. And so I know it's kind of like a running joke of like, oh, what are you going to go talk to your girlfriends about it? Like, yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do, or I'm going to flip out. And so, yes, I need to go and, and, and de-stress with my friends. And, you know, my husband has told me several times when I come back from an outing, he's like, oh my gosh, like, I love you when you come back because I'm, I'm charged up and it felt good to just laugh with friends or to vent. And that's just something that even though my family um, adds so much richness to my life, this is a very special space. And so he's even noticed how the whole home benefits when mom gets some girl time. I love that. Every time I go out with my girlfriends, you know, we'll, we'll be out late and I'll come home. My husband, you know, the kids are in bed and my husband's in bed usually. And then I want to tell him about the night. I want to tell him all the things. And he's like, okay, like go to sleep. I'm sleeping, but I definitely get that. But I'm also extremely extroverted. Would you say this is the same for that woman? That's very introverted, like to, to go out. And is this an energizing thing? Or, you know, I have friends who are introverts and they think it's actually draining to go out with friends. So would you say it's the same for both? Okay. Yeah. So that takes us to tip number two, which is being mindful about how you find and spend time with friends. And so, you know, we don't really have the same kind of leisure as, as others to, you know, just, have the spontaneity to go out and things like that, which means it's even more important for moms to be intentional about how we craft that time because it feels like we don't have much of it. And so when it comes to introverts and extroverts, one way that I best heard somebody describe it is almost as as coins. And the idea is that introverts wake up every day with 10 coins to spend, then those coins being like energy. And when they're out, they're out extroverts however wake up and they're like all right let's go spend some let's go collect some coins and we're collecting energy coins all day and so that's the case for my introvert listeners you know my my introverted moms be mindful of how are you spending your coins and yeah you do need to reserve you know two of the ten so that you have a social battery but if i am packing my schedule with business stuff mom stuff you know husband stuff all the stuff well then yeah i'm especially tired when it comes time to like chat with friends or spend time with friends the second thing is to rethink what you 
believe a friendship hangout looks like. And, okay. and I am surprised by how many women sometimes are like, oh my gosh, like light bulb moment. So for a lot of us, if you close your eyes and you think of like, gosh, I just need to hang out with my girlfriend. You probably thought of a long night out. You probably are imagining a two hour brunch, right? And all those, those although those things are really great and really um, exciting, spending time with your friends does not always look like that. It looks like layering the time that you have instead of trying to find additional hours to do the big things. And so we've got to stop thinking, okay, let me find some Saturdays where I can spend hours with my friends. That's great. Keep that energy. But it also means, okay, I don't have additional hours to spare. I don't know where I'm going to find extra time. So the trick for moms is to layer the time you do have. If I know that Sunday nights are my laundry night, like clockwork, then I'm going to text a friend on Friday and be like, oh, I haven't gotten a chance to, to hear about your new job. Are you open for a phone catch up Sunday around, what do you think? Seven, like a 30 minute catch up. That's how I'm going to find time to connect with my friend. Research tells us that even 10 minutes on the phone with somebody can boost your mood for the rest of the day. And so, you know, we need it for that aspect as well. But that way you feel like I did check in. I heard her voice. She heard my voice. We laughed together. It was 30 minutes and I got my laundry done. Or if you're going to go walk with the kids or walk the dog, if you have a friend who lives close by calling her, hey, come walk with us for 30 minutes. I'm walking the dog. I'm walking with the baby. Come join us and come tell me about your, your date last night. You know, and so we have to get creative. Can you invite her on an errand? Can you go with her to her doctor's appointment? But if we limit ourselves by only associating friend hangouts with a big um, blowout occasion, then we are going to continue to repeat the language of, I don't have time for that. Wait, I love that. If right now you guys can't see my face, but I'm like, oh my gosh, because I, I, that's me for sure. I always think it has to be a four hour event all day Saturday. And actually a couple weekends ago, I had got my uh, COVID shot and then my second shot. And I was nervous about it because I know people got sick or whatever. And so two of my girlfriends said, oh, well, you know, we'll come with you. And it's just to Safeway, which is a 10 minute drive. And then they sat with me for 15 minutes and we chatted and we caught up and it was amazing. It was probably a 30 minute interaction. And I thought to myself, wow, I felt even silly asking, or I didn't really ask them. They're just like, Hey, we'll, we'll go. Like it was kind of a hangout type thing. And I felt like it was almost, I was was I felt like I was wasting their time, mm. but really they were just coming because they wanted to, to hang out and chat and talk. And you know, that that's all the time we had. Cause we were all doing different things Saturday night and we hadn't seen each other, but I, I really, really love that idea of finding those small moments. Um, errands. Yes. I have gone grocery shopping with one of my girlfriends before, and it was fabulous because if not, you're <laughs> just by yourself, like rushing through the grocery store. What are there other examples like that, that maybe people aren't thinking of? Well, you know, I, my favorite one is, is the errands, especially again, if you have a close friend who you're like, girl, meet me at the grocery store. And that's like a 40 minute chat while you buy your cereal. Um, um, the, the jogging or whatever you have, whether it's like the, the gym every day or the walking the kids every day or walking the dog every day. A lot of us have those staples in our day. We have routines, but we're so thick. It's so fixed in our mind of what the routine looks like. Can your friend join you on the routine? You do them both at once, you know, um, the, the laundry with the phone calls like we talked about inviting her to come with you on an errand and to your point it's, it is the mental work of like disassociating well will this bore her or well this isn't yes. cool enough now I will say if you you know for women who are listening and they're like oh my gosh I could never be in such a casual relaxed space with my friends where that feels really like intimate and personal then I challenge you to explore that because hopefully you have the kind of friendships where there is a certain layer of um 
of of comfort with each other where she doesn't have to be entertained where you don't feel like you have to perform and so yeah there's any women listening who are like oh I don't think I could do that I can't be like come grocery store shop why not you know and so looking for ways to kind of create depth in those friendships where you can get to the point and that's a a totally viable option now so as I'm thinking through this you know if if I'm only inviting my friends to come on errands that part of me feels like that maybe feels selfish, right? Where I'm in it, that's going to be turning away from my friends. If I'm like, oh, I, I only want to hang out with you. Like I'm reserving my Saturday nights for my husband. You get the errands, right? I mean, is there an element to that? And or- you know, all of this is, yeah, all this is contextual. So it's not like if you're a mom, that's what your hangouts look like now. Right. This is for the woman who's like, I believe that hanging out with friends means a brunch or a late night happy hour. What I'm trying to do is kind of like break that down. It can look other ways. I do believe like with anything else, and I'm going to say it just like marriage, because I believe it's equally important. And I know some women are like, what do the same way you'd say, okay, babe, I have not sat down with you and just had a kid free night. You have to do that with your friends as well. Remember who you were before you had kids. A lot of your friends do. They remember pre-kid you, you know? And so, yes, even though I'm going to invite you for an errand here, or we go for a walk here because that's how we get to chat. It's also about creating memories and having what we call shared experiences together because that bonds people. And so, yes, I also need to be intentional about, Hey, you know, on the 25th of this month, I have a a free night and the kids are going to stay with dad and you and I are going out, you know, so those things are just as important, but what I don't want to happen is for women to feel discouraged because they feel like they can't reserve every weekend for a late night happy hour. It takes a nice, healthy mix of both. Okay. So gosh, this is your, your, you're answering all my personal questions now, but I, (laughs) I think about, I have a friend who I love and adore, but she is not a planner and I am such a planner. So it's really hard for me. If I say on a Monday, like, Hey, what are you up to this weekend? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, let's, do you want to get together with the husbands and the kids or, you know, whatever. And she's like, yeah, just let me know, like text me Saturday morning and we'll see what's going on. That doesn't work for me. Cause I'm like, well, I'm, I work really hard during the week and the weekends I totally take off. So in my mind, I'm reserving that night for you. But then if you just decide you don't feel like hanging out, that leaves me at a loss. So how on a friendship like that, do you work with a planner and a non-planner? The first thing I would say is that you tell her what you just said to me, Yeah, <laughs> that we, that we help our friends understand this is where I'm coming from, because I always say that I believe, and not that you all's friendship is going this direction, but I believe that a lot of female friendships end prematurely because we have those thoughts and we don't want to share them. And then we create a narrative on our own of what she probably is thinking. And then like our behavior is an extension of the self-generated narrative. And then, Ooh. and it's like, I wish somebody could just come in the middle and be like, no, you guys are misunderstanding each other, or that's not what she thinks at all. And so it's just really lack of communication. And so perhaps if she knew how important it was to you and that that's the only way you can really make it work, perhaps she would say, you know, be more inclined to plan and and hopefully realize, okay, I'm not asking you to be a different person. I'm not asking you to become a planner, but if we both equally prioritize spending time together, and this is really the only way I can make it happen. Can you just meet me here once a month? You know, and, and I, I, I have sympathy for your friend. I used to be the girl. Sometimes I'm still that way with my husband. I don't like sometimes feeling like someone's monopolized my weekend. I don't like sometimes when he's like, okay, so Sunday we're going to go to my mom's house and the, 
I'm like, well, I don't, well, I don't know. Hold on. I don't know yet what I want to do on Sunday. And I don't like the feeling of it's somebody took my day and planned it for me. And I really had to get over that because he told me the same thing. And I know this is like in a romantic context, but he told me, you know, Daniel, we can't plan things like that. We need to know you have other people roped in. And so with our friends, hopefully if they prioritize the friendship in the same way and I've communicated uh, just how much coordination it takes on my side to make this happen, hopefully she's willing to meet me there um, and we can, we can make it happen. Yeah. I think that's such a great point that, you know, you, you get these, these self-generated narratives and it might be totally false where if you just are a different type of planner or a different type of friendship, then all of a sudden you feel this person, you know, in my perspective, I could maybe think, well, they're not prioritizing my friendship because they aren't committing to spending their weekend or anytime really with me, then that means they don't really care. And so I'm just going to pull back and I'm not, I'm not going to make the effort. Um, what, what would you say to that woman that says, you know, but I am the only one who's ever planning. I am the only one who's reaching out. It doesn't feel like a two-way friendship. Yeah. If I had to rank like the top five issues that, that women bring to me, that's definitely on the list. I feel like I initiate more than my friends. And it's so funny because if you put a bunch of women in the room and you ask them all, how many of you feel like you're the one who initiates, probably all their hands would go up. I, I, um, yeah, uh, I, I actually, there's a friendship expert. Her name is Shasta Nelson. And she, she tells that story sometimes that all the women will raise their hands. But the question is, if we all feel that way, well, somebody's not, somebody's lying, you know, if we yeah. all think that I'm the initiator, there's a disconnect. And so, you know, a couple tips for the woman who feels like, Hey, I'm exhausted because I'm always the one getting things started. The first thing is, and I know it's not very comforting, but I encourage you to find a way to spend more energy on the woman who says yes. So we'll say, gosh, I'm always the one starting things, but does she eagerly say yes? Like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. I can't wait because we have to find a way for that to count. You really want to pay special attention to the women who are, oh, well, I don't know. They're canceling. They're, they're backing out. They're not available because that's a waste of your energy. But if you are the initiator and you're doing it with women who are so eager to accept your invitation, we have to find a way to be satisfied with the fact that this woman's excited by our company and she's, she's ready to go. And I know that's easier said than done. You know, the second tip too is, you know, sometimes in our friendships, we unknowingly develop this ecosystem. Like this person has this role, this is how we operate. And sometimes we don't realize it, but we fall into the role of, of coordinator or leader when it comes to social stuff. And our friends, we are unknowingly training them to just be the followers in that way. And then we get upset that we had to do it, but it's just kind of the way it's always run. Have they ever had the opportunity to plan? Have ever been encouraged to flex that muscle so tangibly what that looks like is let's say we go to brunch on a saturday when we're coming out of brunch perhaps i say something to the effect of man well this was really great thanks for meeting up with me you know what i feel like i'm always like picking the brunch spot and, and picking where we go and i'm sure you have really great ideas too so how about next weekend you let me know where you want to go and while i'm doing it, i'm training her that you can do this too you call me, you let me know what space you picked. I often tell the story of, I got frustrated with one of my best friends because she was always like, well, where are we going? Where are we doing? And I had to figure it out all the time, but I couldn't just tell her, I feel pressure having to figure it out all the time. And so instead I did what most women do. You keep it inside and then it manifests itself as passive aggression. And one day she asked me like, you know, you pick the spot or I don't know, you fit, you tell us what are we doing tonight? And I was like, well, I don't know. Why don't you tell us what we're doing tonight? Like, oh how about you try, you know? And she just paused and she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, 
you always know all the cool spots. I don't know any cool spots. And in that moment, I was so humbled because I thought she's not leading because she feels her choices wouldn't be as good as mine. So of course she doesn't have the confidence to pick. It wasn't out of being lazy or not caring. And I was really humbled and I felt really bad. And so, you know, we have to communicate it sometimes of like, all right, it's your turn. Or all right, I feel like I'm always picking you wine and dine me, girl, where are we going? It can be playful, but the message is the same. And it's, you know, you try, you initiate, you figure it out. And I want to take a, a mental break, especially moms who are always doing that mental labor. We're like, somebody choose for me, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. No, that makes total sense. I had a friend like that in college and I, I think I would say I'm somewhat of a planner and I'm definitely, I, uh, you know, if I was in that room, I'd raise my hand. I'd say, I'm the one always reaching out. But um, in college, we had, you know, a really tight group of friends where we always did everything. College is different. You know, you don't have the stressors of, of uh, family and work and kids and husbands. Um, but she definitely, and, you know, I think sometimes I felt like she, she actually doesn't even value our opinions because nobody gets an opinion. She just plans it. But that probably just felt like the role for her. So that that's an interesting perspective as well. I want to go back to a second. You had said, you know, spend your energy on the woman that says yes. Because in my life, I do feel like I have, you know, we've lived in, in, we moved about four years ago. So I think it took me about two years to kind of find my group, if you will, and find my people here. And now, you know, we, there, we have a great group of friends and all that, but there's definitely some women who I will reach out to and yes, they are never available. You know, it's mm. like, oh, I'm busy with work how are you busy with work in two weeks on a Sunday? Come on. Right. Or <laughs> I'm, you know, families in town all the time, this or that. And I think for a long time, I focused more on that when I had a bunch of people who were reaching out to me and who were making plans. And when I reach out to them, they say yes. And they're excited. And they're like you said, eager, like, yeah, you know, I'll send someone a text, you know, want to go to, to the park on a Saturday morning, totally down when and where, right. Versus I have another friend that I'll send the same text to. And they're like, not sure. We'll have to see. I don't know. And, you know, cancel. And so do you think that that's more just, if you get three of those, it's like they're done. That person doesn't want to be friends with you or like, where do you put that person? How, how do you yeah, get that? It's funny because it's, you know, to your question, people are always like, okay, how many times though? Like, tell me how many times before I, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I could tell you, but all I can say is, you know, really get clear on what your needs are, you know, because we're so quick to sometimes, you know, vilify like, okay, this girl just doesn't follow through. She did. What do you need? Is it important to you to have consistent quality time, which by the way is required to, to grow a strong friendship, but is it important to you to spend quality time? Is it important to you that, you know, people make an effort? If so, then nothing against this woman, but unfortunately what she offers is not compatible for what you need. That's the story of how that works. So she's not a bad friend. She's not, you know, um, a liar or less committed or all those things that were like, oh, well, how dare she? It's okay. What she's willing to give doesn't align with what I actually need to feel close to other women. And so I can't pursue this anymore. Nothing against her. And that's my narrative. And if you find that like, okay, I've reached out in like the past two, three times in a row, she's not available. Well, yes, I'm going to spend my energy with women who are available. They match my efforts. They're eager to see me. They contribute equally. I'm going to spend my time there. I have this, uh, reels I did on Instagram a while ago and it just showed you know I was I, I was showing myself like crying like oh I wish I had more friends and in the middle of my crying I get a phone call from a friend and I put it on silent and I go back to crying wishing I had friends and it's like we a lot of us do that we're like I need more friends or I need to and you have two three women who love you to death who right. are eager and ready to hang and we're like 
oh yeah, you know? And so get yeah. clear on like, why are you pursuing this woman in the first place? I think that might bring up some personal stuff for some women. Like, why is it important to you to be accepted by th- this group right. or this woman? Look at that, unpack that, and then put your head on a swivel. Do you have women who, who are excited to hang out with you, who are available? And how can you uh, in- get intentional about spending your energy there? Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And you had said, we actually need friends. It's not, it's not, we want friends. You said there's research behind this. Definitely. And so, you know, I, I don't know about you, but if you grew up anything like me, I, I grew up with the imagery of female friendship as um, fun and really easy. And it's like your refuge. Life is hard, but with my friends, I'm having fun. And, um, you know, so we kind of see it as a recreational thing. And therefore, if you see it that way, well, then when you feel like you need to prioritize your life, a lot of times we prioritize kids and then we prioritize the thing that makes us money. And then, you know, then we get to friendship, but we really reserve it for like the the margins of our lives. And it's something that we'll get to if we have time. But research tells us that the single greatest factor that determines your overall life satisfaction and well-being is quality relationships. That's it. Not your marital status, not your income, but quality relationships. Now, yes, that can include your romantic relationship, but, you know, if we're being honest, friendship should be at the heart of that. So we are still talking about friendships, like the quality of the people in your life will determine how happy and satisfied you are with your life. Um, They're also saying that, you know, loneliness has the same physical impact on your body as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And that's a stat that a lot of us in this space, we, we, we uh, lead with because it's such like a jaw dropper of wait, what? Now, a lot of us know better. We're like, well, okay, I know I shouldn't be smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Right. But if I told you the equivalent was your loneliness, which mothers are more prone to, because ironically in a house full of people, we feel isolated. We feel like our job is the doer. We feel like no one can relate, you know, which makes us more inclined for anxiety and depression. We need our friends for our sanity. And so if we talk more about friendship from a wellness perspective, I bet it would make us be more intentional about finding time. I bet it would make us, you know, stop putting it on the side and saying, well, I have other things to do. And if I have time for coffee, then I'll get coffee. But right now I'm busy. You know, we, we really can't take that attitude. Like your body can't, um, can't afford it. You know, your mind can't afford it. They did this study at a, at a, a clinic in Buffalo for a long time with several people. And they found that those who were coming in with, with anxiety and depression did not have strong social networks. And so you're more likely to, you know, suffer from those things if you do not have a strong social network. And again, we touched on this briefly, but remember I said the quality, quality relationships determine. So if you are doing that thing where you have a circle of women and you guys have become like your go-to women, like housewives, you know, the real housewives of New York city, but it's super dysfunctional. Well, then that doesn't count because that's adding stressors to your life and you're not reaping the benefits of friendship. And so, yes, if you're like, well, I don't know, I feel like the friendship stressed me out. It shouldn't feel that way. Now, yes, you all are going to have moments of healthy conflict or disagreement. Sure. But if you feel depleted, every time you come from this friendship, you feel like you have to perform when you're there. You feel like it's always something negative. Well, honey, you know, that's somebody you hang out with, but it doesn't sound to me like a a healthy friendship. No, that's not what we're talking about here. So when I talk about prioritizing friendships, hopefully it's understood. I'm saying healthy friendships. Let's make time for those because mama can't afford to not have them. 
Yeah, no, that, that absolutely makes sense. And, and as I'm thinking through my catalog of, of people I know, I think when you, when you first get to know somebody, there is that level of, you know, you're welcoming them to your home and you want it to be clean and you're well-dressed and, you know, you're sitting and you're concentrating and really focusing on them. And I think for me, it's always, and, and that was definitely when we, when we moved to this area, cause we didn't know anybody. But for me, the uh, I think about I, I'm one of five, and so I have four, three, three brothers and one sister. And so to me, like you've reached the ultimate level of friendship when you can have someone over in your sweats on a Sunday, and you guys can hang out, and you can look at your phone while they're there. Like that is like you have crossed the threshold of you guys are close. Like that, that's my my marker. Um, and I do have a lot of friends like that, and I I feel actually extremely lucky. Um, but then, you know, I do have those other friends where I do feel like I have to perform and it's, I don't know if that's just because I don't know them well enough and we're not there, or if that's like a friendship that's just, it's never going to be there. And, you know, maybe I just need to discard that. Would you say there's any point where you say, Hey, I mean, you kind of mentioned it where if you're, if you're feeling toxic, but are there other examples of where you just say, okay, you've tried, you've given your best, like, here's your list of three things that if these things are happening, time to move on. Yeah, I will say this, you know, and this is why I'm like, you know, coaching and therapy, I always say, you know, the difference between coaching and therapy is a therapist is going to help you make connections from your past to your present. And a coach is going to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. So some of us do have some self-work. If we do feel like, man, all my friendships have been dissatisfying. I felt like women, women are, you know, dysfunctional with me. I do encourage you to look at that because that should not be your narrative of friendship in your life. So you need to, that requires some self-reflection. However, if you're in a space right now where you feel like, God, I don't know if this, this friendship is worth it or not, you know, that's why they say, that quality or um, like best friendships, like where you feel close and there's this understanding are so special because they are rarer. We yeah. do need, this is what sociologists refer to as loose ties. So that woman you're not super close with, but man, she's really fun to talk to, or right. she's really funny. You need, we need all of those. So let's okay. be clear. But if you find that there is a friendship where you're like, I don't even know if this is like good for me or worth my time. There are a couple indicators and, you know, we have a list of those on our, our website, betterfemalefriendships.com. But a couple I'll tell you is, you know, um, if you feel like she is controlling uh, or manipulative or if she's guilting you. So this means if you make a decision and you are reluctant to tell her because you know she's going to have something to say all the time, okay, all the time, that is probably not the best friendship because you should be able to share your life choices um, and mom choices. Let's be honest. We get a lot of that as moms where the mom doesn't agree with what you said. And so she's telling you how you made the wrong choice, but it's all the time. Right. Um then that's, that's, that's not going to be good because you need to be able to show up as your full self. And I know I disagree with some of my mom friends choices. I don't agree. <laughs> and sometimes I'll playfully tell her, sometimes I keep it to myself because right. she chose differently, but the kids are still alive and breathing. So who am I to, you know, to make a judgment? Um, if you feel like there's um, dishonesty, that's a deal breaker. You, there's no time to be trying to figure out if she's telling the truth or not. That's a deal breaker. Um, and, and being able to gauge if you can rely on her because sometimes she tells the truth and sometimes she doesn't, that's not okay. Um, if you have um, a friend who you feel like is um, chronically negative and this doesn't make her a bad person, but those things exhaust us. And so if out of the last 10 interactions we had, nine of them, are you venting to me? And I have to like reassure you and you're complaining. 
that's going to deplete you. And we talked before about it's quality relationships that are restorative. That one's just going to take and take and take from you, girl. And so, you know, those kinds of things you you want to look out for. Um, does it seem like she's matching your energy? She might not be the initiator, like we talked about, but she still contributes to the friendship. So maybe she doesn't initiate as much as I do, but she always comes to my kids' birthday parties and she's always there to listen if I really needed to talk to someone. That counts, you know, but if it's someone who's like, they're always taking and I feel like I'm showing up but when do I get something well then yeah that might it might be time to let it go because a friendship should be reciprocal now the longer y'all spend being friends you know if you take an aerial view reciprocal might look different because I I know some women are like well it's not equal and I ask well how long have you been friends is always my first question because there might be a full season where it's about her because she's going through a divorce and she really needs me for like the next six months that's okay because we're so close that I know that it's going to swing back around I'm not thinking to myself well gosh that's the third time we only talked about her because we're not doing tit for tat but earlier in a friendship the reciprocity has to come more immediately um, in order to get to that place and so there are a couple signs that yeah this might not be a, a beneficial friendship for you and if that's the case you know that's okay because that happens Oh my gosh, Danielle, that I could, I, well, thank you. First off, I feel like I just got a definitely coaching session for my life. I have all these (laughs) notes. So many things I'm going to take away from this. This was amazing. I could talk to you seriously for like two more hours. Um, okay. We will wrap it up with our fire round. Are you ready? (laughs) Quick question. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. So what are you currently binging on TV? Um, married at first sight never gets old. My husband and I like to be very judgy with people on that show. <laughs> I love it. Um, what what is the most recent book you read? A book called Seven Days in June. And um and uh yeah, it's a little it's a, if I could blush, I would. It's a it's a little risque, but it was very Ooh. entertaining and our book club girls loved it. So oh I love that. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Um, and what is your like best productivity app? anything you use on your phone? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm boring. So Google calendar saves my life. That's That's, my, that's my favorite app. (laughs) That's like the number one that we hear. Um, what about your go-to distressor? Ooh, um, probably a warm bath and a book. It works every time. I love that. Danielle, thank you. Everyone is going to want to find you. Can you tell us, um, if you have courses, I think you do one-on-one your website, where can everybody find you and what can they do with you? Yeah. So all the stuff is at betterfemalefriendships.com. And we do have a program that's gaining in uh, popularity. It's called Friendship Elevated. And that's where we teach you everything you need to know to master adult female friendships in less than 60 days. It is possible. And all that's at the website as well. And then also we're on Instagram at friend forward. So hopefully we'll see everyone there. Okay, Danielle, I am signing up. I'm sold. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 